Welcome to TGI, Tourism Geography Insights, a podcast of Tourism Geography's journal where we discuss our latest research and developments of our peer-reviewed journal, which explores tourism and tourism-related areas, recreation and leisure studies from a geographic perspective. Welcome to Tourism Geography's podcast. On this episode, we are fortunate enough to speak with Professor Catherine Prentice. She's Professor of Marketing and Head of the Marketing Discipline in the School of Business, Faculty of Business Education, Law and Arts at the University of Southern Queensland. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Stephen. Okay, so in this article, the, the article is, is titled Utopia or Dystopia, Deterrence to Eco-Tourism Development in Fiji, a topic that is very dear to my heart or a context that is very dear to my heart. So without further ado, can you tell us what question or problem was the research setting out to understand? Yeah, well, this, uh, this research basically to understand what deter, deter the eco-tourism development in Fiji. So we want to understand. So, you know, we understand why we have the ecotourism and how well developed. But then we real we also realize this this um, ecotourism in general in Fiji not really developed very well. So, so our research was intended to identify. So, what did tear the development of ecotourism by choosing uh, one of the eco parks in Fiji? Okay. That's good. Can you tell me a little bit about the background or the context of the work? So a little bit about the context, when the study was conducted or the studies were conducted and who you might have spoken to in some of the research. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, this research was, uh, you know, was collaborate, collaboration with a couple of professors from uh, the University of Fiji. Um, and uh, so the, they've been doing field study and actually, echo, uh, the Echo Park. And so the research was conducted uh, pre-COVID. And it's, it was a longitudinal study. And uh, we had uh, three studies. One study is by interviewing the villagers of the Echo Park, the choosing Echo Park, uh, Baka. And one study was to interview the management of the Echo Park. Another one is, the, um, is sort of like a secondary data by looking at... Um, the receipts and invoices from all the visitors for three years, oh, sorry, about 10 years from 1999 to 2000, sorry, 20 years, sorry, my mistake. <laughs> 20 years of receipts uh, from 1999 to 2000. Anyway, so um, we just look at the pattern. So from the pattern of the invoices, receipts of visitors to identify, so why the people visit and what they do and when they visit and where they're from. And then when we interview the villagers to get some insights to how they perceive the eco-tourism, the eco-park in terms of development or the issues and um, you know deterrence. And then we also uh, try to get insights from the management because you know different group of people may have different opinions. So um, yes, that's a quite interesting as the results from a different people, uh, they're very yeah. different. <laughs> yeah. All right. And, you know, can you tell us a little bit about some of the concepts? Uh, the concepts are basically to understand what actually ecotourism is, 
to most people, ecotourism is something um, like, you know, sort of like a, a paradise, something, you know, very natural, untouched. And, you know, it's, it, you know, the key word is echo. But then the background to this research is that it's really, it's just about ecotourism. Is that type of uh, concept of a paradise or, you know, utopia, or is actually the opposite, is dystopia. So that's the background we we'll try to understand. And for the, um, for the ecotourism, for the eco park itself, they try to market itself as something as ecotourism, but in reality, it's different from what they actually intended to promote. So that's the background. Okay. Yeah. I mean, interesting. I mean, ecotourism can mean many things to many people, I guess. And that's and, right. Yes. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's what you're finding uh, in your work. It's um. Yes. The the the, the park. Uh, the national park, I think, is uh, not too far from the international airport at uh, Nandi there in in Fiji in the west. Yes, because of the convenience, that's why they are trying to promote it. Yes. Um, yes. Good. Another concept I I forgot to mention is that so the tunnel to um label this eco park as something what do you call that um old wine in new bottle or in green bottle oh, yeah. something yeah. like that. So it's not really to the local people to the um. To the marketers, it's not really about eco tourism. It's just about something, but they're promoting something to attract the tourists. Okay. So that's another concept, um, you know, we found from this research. Yeah. All right. Can you tell us what are some of the results or, or the findings that you? Okay. Found? Sure. So because the research focuses on uh, identify identifying the deterrence to the development of eco uh, tourism, so the major findings. Well, let me summarize as follows. Uh, this first is about the like, infrastructure constraints. So uh, from uh, the interviews from villagers and um, uh, management, they both indicated that the infrastru infrastructure was very poor and underdeveloped and the bridge was not well constructed. Yeah. And because of the, um, you know, the, this electric disaster or the roads not well developed, and also electricity power kept cutting off. That take a long time for me for them to reconnect. Things yeah. like that. So the access to the to the that's national right. park rights is uh, problematic. That's right. That's exactly right. Yes, and so another deterrent is the um the sort of a micro politics, because this uh, eco tourism or eco park is managed by multiple stakeholders. And so the power issue, the power battle, was one of the reasons deterring the development of the eco uh, park. Okay. And yes. Often in the Pacific, sometimes HR, uh, human resources and development is sometimes problematic. Did you find that also? Yes. Some of the training. Very much so. Yes. And so another issue is the insufficient marketing. So they they have marketing, but a very basic. They don't engage much, engage like a, a much with social media, and even they do, it's not well developed, you know, as we are used to. Yeah. And for tourists, you know, visitors from developed countries, you know, how they get idea for the for the uh, destination, you know, mostly from social media. But then social media for the eco parks in Fiji not really well developed. That's another result we found. And also scale shortage. So um, the, the eco parks 
rely heavily on local managers. However, those managers are not a well trained. They basically have no training. They just gonna do the stuff, do, you know, do the job. So that's another thing because you know even for tour guides, we we still need them to be well trained to understand everything, the history or how to attract the visitors, how to make them have fun and you know, but like customer experience, yeah, visitor experience. That's very important. So these need the training. So the 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 funding we we generate from our research is that um so lo local um residents or managers they are not well trained. Yes. Okay. So yes. I mean you've identified uh, through multiple data sources some of the obstacles or barriers to the development of eco tourism in in Fiji. So, so a couple more things is about the inadequate oh, funding. Sorry, yeah. yeah, inadequate funding and the um the loss of the her heritage, the cultural heritage, and another one um is the political influence. So the ecotourism development heavily influenced by the political instability in Fiji. And so lastly is last but also not the um list is the um over dependence on neighbor countries such as Australia and New Zealand. So these are the major reasons to address the issues we're gonna focus on the factors or deterrents we identified. So that's gonna be one by one. For example, about educating the local uh, residents to be good tour guides, you know, to be ho good hosts, and also identify, um, you know, some um, initiatives not heavily relying on Australia and New Zealand, and political stability that's uh, beyond our reach as well as country, and the funding. In terms of funding, I believe the, um, you know, the the eco parks should um, identify more collaborations from uh, other sources, not just by Australia, New Zealand. They did have collaborations with Japan, uh, Japan, but that was stopped from our research. So these things like this should they, um, you know, they should expand their the scope of uh, collaboration. I think it's about skill shortages, and so any anyone who's uh, from that village, they. Has really a uh, perspective or education that tend to leave the place, you know, the um, impact on the new journey to the city or work somewhere else, not to stay there. So that's another thing. So this eco tourism or eco parks need find a way to keep the talents, keep the skills to develop their tourism. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the uh, recommendations. Or all right. So we can move from uh, dystopia to utopia. Is that right? <laughs> that's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay, I've got one one last question, and and that's if if you and your co-authors were to extend the study or do some follow-up research, in you know our post-COVID um, world that we're in, you know where would you take the research from from here? Research? Yeah, we, we would just like I mentioned before, we were going to identify what type of initiatives and feasible and durable for to develop the ecotourism. To change the concept of uh, not just about um, old wine in green bottle, we wanted something like new wine in new bottle right. or new wine in green in green bottle. So that's right. what we aim to do if we want to conduct further research. Yeah. So uh, I mean, you mentioned about the longitudinal uh, study. So of course, you could keep monitoring how the how the village was going, how the national park was going. If uh, you know they were to get some funds, or if they were to educate um, and train up some of the workers, right? You could you could keep it as um, yes. you know yes. to keep mon monitoring uh, the progress or not, uh, you know, from dystopia to utopia. 
That's right. Yes, yes. Longitudinal study. Yes, that's uh, yeah, that's the goal. So, can we monitor in the Python and what shortage? What you know? What are the um, pros and the cons? Yeah, we could identify the Python from the longitudinal study, and the further longitudinal study uh, will be good. <laughs> nice. Uh, anything else you want to add? Oh, that's about it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. I've been speaking uh, with Professor Catherine Prentice. She's at uh, she's Professor of Marketing at the University of uh, Southern Queensland, and we were talking about her uh, paper that she and her co-authors uh, authored in and published in Tourism Geographies, titled Utopia or Dystopia, Deterrence to Ecotourism Development in Fiji. So thanks, Catherine, for speaking with us. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs>